Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 200th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. Again. Yay! Yay! Yeah. And we had something specific that we wanted to talk to you about today, which is why I am back in your ears making noise today. Yes, we are going to pay a visit to the castle, but it's going to be a little different than normal. It's always a little different than normal. <laughs> well, well, that's true. It's even going to be a little more different than normal today, yes, though. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to remind you about the class that's coming up on the 30th of the month, and that's going to deal with audio descriptions, where you get them, how you get them. How if you, can you get listen. them. If you get them. <laughs> if you get them, yes. I had a disappointing experience with a movie this weekend. <laughs> Couldn't resist. And we're going to leave that into at your appetite. Absolutely. So you'll be able to hear all about Lisa's experience and all the various anecdotes that we can share with you about audio description in the class. So if you have any interest in learning how to get it, where to get it, what platforms to use it on, et cetera, et cetera, we will be discussing all that in this first inaugural class of 2020. So, of course, this is one of our free classes. You need to be on our events mailing list to get the information. And we would love to have you on Thursday, January 30th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And now into the castle. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. Yes, this is the Turn the Tables edition. And I am here because I recently read a really helpful, useful book. And I wanted to interview the authors of this book. In this When case, are they coming? They're already here. Oh. Yeah. In this case, our authors are Kim and Chris. They have recently co-authored and released a book for National Braille Press called Dinner Delivered. And it's really so much more than dinner. I mean, I've used these services, at least the vast majority of them. And I really enjoyed reading the book because it kind of put everything all together. And I found some interesting little goodies that I didn't know. So I guess the first question I have and these aren't all specifically my own need-to-know burning questions, but I thought if somebody was reading this book, what questions might they have? And so how would someone know if the service that they're interested in is covered in the book? I mean, maybe they only have one delivery service in their area. How are they going to know what's covered in the book? Well, that's actually very easy. And NBP does this on all of their books. You can go to National Braille Press's website, which is nbp.org. You can search for Dinner Delivered, or depending on what time it is or what period of time it is, it might still be in hot off the press. But your best bet is to either search for one of our names or search for the book by the title, Dinner Delivered, and you will be able to find the entire table of contents. And this is also the case for any NBP book. If you want to know what is covered in it, particularly the technology books, I should say, the board books obviously don't necessarily need that because they're little stories and they don't necessarily need a table of contents. But anything that was a technology book specifically will have the entire table of contents on 
its description page. So you'll be able to see exactly what services are listed there. So your first order of business, even prior to doing that, is to discover what services are available in your area from the first two sections of the book, which are about groceries and restaurant or food delivery. So once you find that out, you can then compare what you have in your area to the table of contents on the page, which of course we'll link to in the show notes, and you'll be able to find out exactly whether we cover that. You can also go to the website and read the table of contents and see the services. So maybe there's a service that you've never heard of, but it is in your area, or there's a service that your friends have talked about, and you can go to the table of contents and see if that service is Exactly. If you're completely unfamiliar with all these services, you have no idea where to start, then that's the better way to do it for you. Go read about them first, and then look and find out if the service is available in your area. Most likely, when you go to the services respective website, it'll either geolocate you, so it'll know exactly where you are and be able to tell you, or you'll need to enter your zip, and then it will tell you whether or not it's available. And let's say that you have none of these services available in your area, but maybe you have a service that was not covered. I would also suggest that the book could be helpful to you because these different services more or less work the same way. So you may not have an exact walkthrough of a service, but you'll have a pretty good idea. And that can even be the case with one of the services discussed in the book. They may change the app or the presentation a little bit, but this gives you the tools to get started. If someone lives in a very rural area and they don't, for example, have Uber Eats or DoorDash or Shipt or Instacart or whatever, why might they want this book anyway? Well, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, because we wanted to make sure that even the people in the most rural areas, myself included, had access or knew there was access available to some services. So if you don't have access to some or all of the services listed in parts one and two, and the book is broken into three parts, then you can go to part three, and as long as you're in the 48 contiguous United States, you will have access to the services in part three which are Nuts.com and Thrive Market, which are the two that are discussed really significantly. And then there are a few others discussed at the end that are touched on that will allow you to order throughout the 48 lower states. So you will have access to some information in the book, even if the first part of the book or a couple parts of the book aren't applicable to you in terms of the services availability. So don't be too disheartened. There's also, of course, the opportunity or the ability that some of these services will become available in your area as time passes. I don't hold out much hope for my own area, but you might have better luck with that. I live in an area that is a city. It is not a big city. It's not one of the largest cities in Pennsylvania, but it's a city, and I've lived here for almost three years. And since I have moved here, I have seen come in my area Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub, Shipt, and Instacart. And those are just the ones I know about. So just because something is not currently in your area doesn't mean it won't be. Because if you have a grocery store and they find that they're having 
better business as a result of having groceries delivered, even rural areas will do that. Or if you have an area that is, I've seen this before when I worked as a rehab teacher, kind of rural areas, but there were a fair number of high rises for the elderly. Sometimes you'll see services pop up in areas like that because they really can make some good money getting those things delivered. So just because you don't have it doesn't mean you won't. And one of the grocery services is now available in the little town where I used to live. And I thought that was about as likely as snow in July. So it's pretty exciting to see this stuff come and it's very empowering. So I know sometimes people have specific tech, like they may only choose to have a smartphone or they only have a computer. Do they have to have specific technology to use these services? I would assume that they do need either an internet connection or someone who could use their internet connection to place orders for them. So there's not a way to do it, for example, over the phone in most cases. In most cases, that's correct. You're going to need some kind of either data plan or internet connection, depending on what you have available to you in terms of your tech. Now, that being said, the accessibility of the services, depending on the platform you use, varies a little bit. And that's one of the things we discuss in the book in terms of each service. You know, what have we found as of the writing of the book was the most advantageous way to use that service in terms of accessibility. So that's one of the things that we talk about pretty significantly. So some of it is going to depend on your service. Generally speaking, you are better off, and Chris, you can tell me what you think about this too, but generally speaking, you are better off having a mobile device if you can because you're going to experience a happier accessibility experience. Yeah, if I remember correctly, when we were initially writing the book, there was a lot that goes into the book. It's not just sitting down and punching oh, out. Oh, gosh, no. You know, <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to order stuff and you may have to order stuff multiple, multiple times. Yeah, you've got to play with these things because you have to know every single aspect of service use before we can talk to you guys about it. <laughs> I was doing something, you know, we were preparing for the book and I had to order three things from the same place within about three hours of each other at three separate orders because we had to make sure we got things properly. We could not have written this book individually. This was an absolute, complete team effort. If one of us couldn't have done it, the book could not have been written because I didn't have access to three-fourths of the services that we covered here. So there was no way I could test it. So what we ended up doing for a lot of it was Chris would test. I would play with them remotely. He had a computer set up that I had a remote connection to so that I could go in and play when I was checking on things or editing or revising or doing the initial writing for some things. So it was an absolute team effort to get this thing out. But back to the initial question, if I remember correctly, Uber Eats was not usable on the web. And again, this was at the time of the writing. Yeah. And it was beautiful on both iOS and Android. So it worked well on both of the mobile platforms. But if I remember correctly, you had to use JAWS in order to... Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Because we fought with it for hours trying to figure out if there was a way to utilize that. So keep your screen reader in mind as well. I think that was the only one that we had that specific issue with. I seem to recall, too, that DoorDash did not behave nicely on the web. 
And I it think was it much, might have been Postmates. Was it Postmates? I think it was Postmates. Postmates isn't as nice on smartphones either, I don't think. Actually, it's nice on We it. really liked Postmates on smartphones, okay. actually. No, maybe it's Grubhub I'm thinking of. I have two apps on my phone for not so much grocery delivery, but restaurant delivery. I've kept DoorDash and Uber Eats because in my area, at least, they offer the most options and they're the easiest to use. I really like, not that you have to have a smartphone for all of this, but I really like having a smartphone because then you get the texts and the notifications, you know, your order is approaching or your order has been accepted. Or if you need to be contacted for substitutions, especially with grocery orders, that happens. You know, having the the phone, getting the notifications, the messages is really helpful. One of the nice things that I did, I went to the movies with my mother a couple weeks ago and we were going to have dinner. And I said, okay. She was driving home from the theater. And I pulled out the phone, opened up DoorDash, went to my favorite place, placed an order. And by the time we got back to the house, you know, within, I say, 10, 15 minutes, the DoorDash person was there. But you're getting ETAs and everything. You can monitor while you're in transit of what's going on with your order. So you know that, hey, mom, you better not get lost because we got to meet this person there. So you get those updates, those ETAs and things like that and what it's doing. So you can follow that as well. You were talking a little bit about the process of writing the book and also the advantages of using services. You start in the introduction with a term that is probably not familiar to a lot of people. And I'm hoping you can give a little more information about the, quote, unintentional cited filter. I love this concept. Yeah, a sighted filter is if you've ever gone to the store with a sighted person and you're going grocery shopping and you tell them what you want, but you don't know what else is there, okay? So let's say that I go shopping and I want some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So you go to the cereal aisle, you find the Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but because you can't see it, you don't know that there's Lucky Charms or Frosted Flakes or any of that stuff around your area that you might have a taste for rather than Cinnamon Toast Crunch, if that makes sense. Basically, the person is filtering out all of the other stuff. And I used to think that that happened because the person wasn't doing a very good job describing. And since I've started browsing for my own groceries, I've kind of been, to use an old-fashioned expression, I've been disabused of that notion because There is no way, unless you want to spend six hours in the cereal aisle, for someone to describe everything to you. We're not talking nutritional values even. We're just like, okay, there's Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's Berry Blast Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's store brand that looks like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There's store brand Berry Blast Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Say that five times fast. You know. So there's just so much information. I've had a person who took me shopping for, I would probably say, 10, 12 years. And I've known this person forever. One day we were talking about it. I said, don't you miss taking me shopping? You know, I was kind of being sarcastic. And he goes, well, you probably save more money by doing the grocery shopping yourself. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> no. And, and that's where the whole sighted filter comes into play. Yeah. 
impulse buys. Yes. I mean, you search, let's just say you search for fish and you find fish sticks and you think, oh, they're not the best for me, but I haven't had those since I was a kid. And in the cart you go and you think, I wonder what else. And just for kicks, you search for sticks. And before you know it, you've got mozzarella sticks and French toast sticks. And, you know, and then you've got to go through your cart because you've got $300 worth of frozen food and a teeny tiny freezer. And you're like, okay, this is not all going to fit either the freezer or the budget. So it's really funny because in some ways I feel like I'm learning to shop all over again. And, and what the nice some thing about think might be interesting might not interest me. And I've also learned to ask people better questions as a result of seeing all this information, I think. And the other nice thing is if you have some kind of dietary restriction or you're non-gluten or whatever it is for you, you have the ability when you go on these sites to read all of that nutritional information and calories and carbs and all the sugar. Yeah protein all the decide that you don't want it the stu- yeah and decide yes. do i really want this five hundred thousand exactly. calorie thing not necessarily or what the hell you know i just go ahead and do it so it just kind of depends on what you're wanting but the point is you have the freedom to do it yourself yeah and you can learn you can learn for example that they make i don't know like diet strawberry soda you can search for diet soda and if you want You can browse through all 300 entries. You don't have to worry about inconveniencing someone and taking their time. And it's really nice because you can filter, you know, once you've searched maybe for diet soda, you can filter by brands or by on sale so that you're not kind of taking forever. But yeah, the first time you shop on a site like this, you may end up spending a little more time than you first anticipated because you kind of have that kid in a candy store experience. I needed some glue the other day. And Me too. What is it with glue? I don't know. It was one of those things where, you know, I could have ordered it on Amazon and gotten it in a day and a half to two days, but I really needed the glue. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I'll load up one of these grocery shopping services, go to Target, find the glue, add it to the cart, add a couple more things to the cart. And within an hour and a half to two hours, I had my glue. Exactly. We've talked a little bit in general about the sections of the book, and I'm wondering if you could do a little bit of a deep dive and just kind of elaborate a little more about the sections of the book. Sure. We kind of start out with introductory information. Why do you care? Why do you want to do this to begin with? What benefits does it offer you? And then there's the piece all about the unintentional sighted filter. And then we go into the three main sections. There's also a fourth section, which is itty-bitty at the end. So the first section we have is grocery services, grocery delivery services, which features Instacart and Shipped. And we talk about each of these services in detail, how you use them, orienting yourself to them, what are the best platforms upon which to use them, what do they do, how do they differ from one another, what fees are associated with them at the time of the writing of the book, how do you check out? What is the experience like waiting for your delivery person to bring you your goodies? What is the tipping process and the rating process like in terms of accessibility for each of these services? So it is very much a deep dive. The next section focuses on... Let's go back to the section before you. We also talk about the Amazon services. Oh, yes. The Amazon, what is it called now? Amazon Uh, Fresh and Amazon Prime now. 
Yeah, prime now. That's it. I was trying to remember what that was. Of course, yes, I knew I missed something important after you stopped me and said that. That's right. We don't discuss fresh in detail, and there are reasons for that that we talk about in the book, but we do give a little bit of orientation to it for those of you who have the ability to access it. And then we do discuss the Amazon Prime Now service. And then the next section, the second primary section of the book, is the food, restaurant food, that is, delivery services that are available. So here we discuss DoorDash, Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats. Am I missing one? That's where you check out the table of contents. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Search yes. the table of contents. Make sure I'm not missing something there. But there are definitely those that we talk about in detail. And how, again, how they differ from one another, associated fees, etc. So that's the second section. The third section is the sections I was talking about a couple minutes ago regarding no matter where you are in the country, you can access options from these services. And the services we discuss there are Thrive Market and Nuts.com. So those are options for you no matter where you are. And then the final little bitty section in terms of services covered is called Living the Sweet Life, which I just had to have because I just liked the title of the section, which discusses a few services if you want desserts. And we don't discuss those in any detail, but wanted to let you know that they are, in fact, there. And you can access desserts online from these services. And I know we talk about Cheryl's, which is Cheryl's.com, and OhFudgeStore.com. So those are two. And I think those may have been the only two that we ended up mentioning. As this book developed, we literally cut out at least two services that were initially in the proposed table of contents for this book because it needed to be a certain length and we were going to go way over. And as it was, we just barely made the cutoff point for the length that we <laughs> actually needed the book to be. So we had to cut as we went. There are so yeah. many services. I yes. mean, you can get food from like QVC and Omaha Steaks. And oh, yeah. I got a subscription for Christmas to a service called Hungry Root. And I haven't played with that yet. But again, this book is going to stand you in really good stead because it will let you know in general what to expect. I mean, you can order various kinds of beef jerky, coffee. When I was a kid, we used to go to West Virginia for family reunions. And the bakeries down there sold pepperoni rolls. And I went looking the other week just out of curiosity because you don't find them up here unless you make them yourself. And you can buy pepperoni rolls from West Virginia. Someone I know, her boyfriend recently had a birthday and she ordered online for delivery. And I mean, it was expensive apparently, but she ordered muffaletta sandwiches from New Orleans to come. They arrived in Pennsylvania for this guy's birthday celebration. So pretty much if you want it, you can get it delivered. It's about knowing where to look. And I think this book is a great starting place. I'm curious, what made you want to write this book in the first place? Because we were hungry. Well, you were hungry. You were particularly hungry because you're the one that got to test the actual delivery portions of a lot of these services. I didn't get that luxury. Yeah, so. that would be not fair. That would be not fair. But, you know, I kind of had to live vicariously, which my waistline at least appreciated. So, you know, that part was nice. But honestly, the real reason is we saw a need for somebody to tackle the ridiculousness that was this growing amount of these services. And we've seen people do very credible, very nice jobs. J.J. Medaw did one. Deborah Kendrick did one. 
in terms of writing articles about some of these services and doing some summarizations of what was out there and what was available. And that was great. But we thought, this deserves a book treatment. And we approached our editor, Cassell Wilson, at MVP and said, what do you think about that? And at the time, I was working on Dating in the Digital Age, which was another book that I've written for NBP, wrote last year. And she said, well, let's finish this book and let's come back and discuss it. And we did end up getting the opportunity to write the book. You really have to present what you're going to do. So you have to present a table of contents in order to get the opportunity to write the book. And it has to be approved. So ultimately, we did get that. And then between us and Cassell, we discussed the length that would be necessary for the book. And then we were able to begin the actual writing process. So we wanted to do it because we thought while the article length treatments we found very good, there was so much more that one could say about each of these available services. And I also, again, did not want to leave out the people who didn't have access to some of these services. And, you know, admittedly, that was partially biased on my part because I can empathize with that, you know. But I wanted people to know that in addition to these cool services, there are these cool services over here that are also available and give them a little bit of love. So we just thought it was something that no one, again, no one had done. And that's kind of our stock and trade here at MA. If it's not been done, we'll happily do it if we think there's need for it. We're willing to do the work and give you guys something that no one else has touched. And we're pretty proud of that. So we kind of wanted to write it for a lot of different reasons, but primarily to give people the tools, as you said, Lisa, to use these services, even if they're not in the book. It gives you a basic framework to find out what is available, how to use it, and at least how to get started in the browsing, exploring, and ordering process. And that whole getting started thing is so important, I think. When I want to kind of delve into a new area, it's just evolving. If it's new for everybody, everybody's learning. But if I feel like I'm late to the party and everybody's already got it, I feel very overwhelmed. Like, where do I start? Do I even want to do this and why? And you really just kind of put it all together in a very simple, very easy way to follow in this book. Let's talk some specifics. Where can people order the book and in what formats is it available? People can order from nbp.org, which is the National Braille Press website. So it's nbp for nationalbraillepress.org. If you go there again, you can search for it or you can search for one of our names and you should be able to find it very easily. It's available in Braille. Obviously, <laughs> you can get hard copy Braille. You can get a version in electronic Braille. You can also get it in Daisy Text or Word. And you can get it either on physical media sent to you. I think it's a flash drive. Or you can get it as a downloadable file. So you can download it directly and read it on your Braille display. So you've got those options available and it's in two volumes. I think most people who read the book will be very familiar and very comfortable using their smartphones or their PCs to navigate around and do what they need to do. But if you are not only new to these delivery services, but you're new to computers or smartphones, or you just don't feel like you have the hang of it, I also would like to remind you that Mystic Access offers training so that you can basically set up with them and purchase training time so that you can get up to speed with what you need, not only to use those sites, but to use your device, whether that's a phone or a computer, more efficiently. 
those are all the questions that come to my mind at the moment. Do either of you have anything else you would like to add about the process of writing the book? I thought it was an especially interesting challenge, especially the way we had to tag team it. We had to be very cooperative with each other and be willing to get on each other's nerves a little bit to write this book because it really involved me essentially getting in Chris's face in terms of utilizing his equipment. As I said, there was a remote aspect to doing this because I don't have personal access to a lot of these services. So in this case, it was kind of a unique, fun experience because I got to play with them by proxy, as it were, without actually having the joy of being able to enjoy any of this stuff. That's that why DoorDash showed up at the house a couple times without my knowledge. <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> 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 too funny. That would be that would be pretty funny. But no, it was fun. Chris and I have known each other forever, and it's been a fun process. This was definitely technically the more challenging of the books that I've done the primary writing for for MVP. But it was fun because we were showing a lot of information for people. So I'm particularly pleased with the fact that it's out and it's now available for you guys to check out and order. And another quick note on that, if you would like to learn even more and ask questions of us live, we will be appearing on Tech Talk on February 10th. On February 10th. So you can join us then. We'll put a link in the show notes for you so that you can join us live. Those are at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so 5 Pacific, and you can join us. Those are all on Monday nights. So it's Monday, February 10th, and you can join us to learn even more. We'll probably have a little bit of redundancy. We'll talk about some of the stuff that you've already heard, but it'll be a little bit of a different process and format. We won't be being interviewed. We'll be able to answer your questions live. If you would like to ask us anything specific, that would be a great opportunity to do so and meet some nice people. And that opportunity is coming up and will be available to you as well. But it was just a lot of fun and an interesting experience and just fun to work on something like this, which was a little bit of a more technical writing piece. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming into the castle and allowing me to turn the tables and interview you about your fine book. Thank you very much, Lisa. We appreciate being the recipients of interviews in the castle this time around. And really, I mean, this could sound staged and it wasn't. I read the book and I said, you know what? You guys really need to consider letting me interview you for the podcast because I don't know. I kind of feel like if I don't like something and I don't believe in it, I won't do it because it will come across as really inauthentic. And I actually read this book twice. I read it once just for myself. And then once I knew that we were doing the interview, I read it again just to cover all the bases. I would definitely recommend it. We gave the website for National Braille Press. Let's just close and give the phone number in case anybody wants to contact them that way. Sure. Yeah, you can absolutely order via phone. You'll get one of their nice customer service reps, and you can order anything you want via phone from NBP. And remember, for those of you who don't really know NBP, NBP is a nonprofit that allows greater access to Braille books, obviously based on the name that probably gives it away. But they just really do a lot of spectacular work. So supporting them either by buying our book or someone else's book is definitely appreciated by NBP. We don't get anything else from you purchasing the book. Our project is essentially done. So everything you do now in terms of buying the book, that all goes directly to NBP. So it's very fun. It's a very nice, wonderful organization that does great work. So if you want to contact them via phone, it's 888 
888-965-8965. So 888-965-8965. And you will get an actual human being who can assist you in placing your order. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. So thank you, everybody, for joining us in our torturous interview in the <laughs> It wasn't that bad. There were no it chains. Wasn't that torturous? No. How do you know? I'm the one that adds the sound effects. Oh. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.